Welcome to Hit Subscribe, a podcast by Recharge designed to educate, inspire, and connect the subscription commerce space. Today, we're talking to Brock Cady, co-founder of Ballsy, creators of grooming products for men. To expand their market reach, Brock and his partner, Adam, started specializing in below-the-belt products, a niche segment where they've seen massive success. We chat about retention strategies in the competitive body wash market, embracing an authentic marketing tone, and the importance of using your platform to raise awareness. Ballsy is partnered with Movember on initiatives for men's health. Fair warning, this episode has more than a few puns. Brock, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. How are you? I'm very good. Cool. So give us an intro on yourself and on Ballsy. Well, first, my name is Brock Cady. Uh, I'm a co-founder of Ballsy Brand. My background is I've been a prof- uh, in intersection between retail, being a buyer about 12 years ago for some big box retailers and apparel, moved to San Francisco, gotten early in the whole e-com uh, market back when it was representing maybe 3% of normal retailers business. Obviously we know where that's gone since then. Worked at a bunch of startups in e-com across product development, uh, e-com optimization, marketing, uh, pretty much ran the gamut um, from an organizational standpoint of different positions, acquired enough skills to eventually I like take a crack at it myself um, and have since been starting e-com companies and brands in the uh, CPG space. Uh, The latest and greatest (laughs) is uh, Ballsy. Um, And we've been in business about three and a half, going on four years now. Um, So yeah, that's my background. Pretty much a jack of all trades, trying to become a master of them all, (laughs) but not a master of them all yet, but working on it. I love that. It's, it's very relatable because that's where everyone starts now. You know, the, the common theme is that everyone feels like you have to be an expert in something, but realistically you're, you're a jack of all trades first and then you specialize. Yeah, so exactly. cool. um, give us the background on Ballsy. What are, uh, what are you guys all about? So Ballsy brand where we make men's products for man parts, essentially um, specifically male hygiene. So below the belt care um speaking of the groin the balls sweat odor irritation and uh some 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 male hygiene issues that up until recent years were kind of being overlooked as a category for personal care and as we've seen in recent years uh men's personal care has become a booming industry now men are buying products for essentially every part of their body, just like women have been buying for years before us. Uh, And, you know, one of the biggest areas that men uh, attach to their confidence and themselves being a man in general uh, at a time four years ago, didn't have any products. So we decided to create those products and go to market. So let's actually double click on that and and jump right in. Um, I know that you and your co-founder, Adam, uh, have yep. worked before at previous companies, decided to start this thing up. Um, and you guys do most of the work on your own. You guys kind of lead pretty much everything on just you two. Um, yep. how, how did this start? I know you kind of mentioned there wasn't really a market for this. Is that why it started or is there another reason? Yeah, uh, definitely. So Adam Hendel, uh, dear friend of mine, now business partner and have worked together in the past at an e-commerce marketplace and platform 
uh, and that started in San Francisco together. Um, I was like general ops. He was really customer facing and community. Uh, we also there held a bunch of different hats as well, but uh, those were our roles. And he, we helped build that company from the ground up to millions of customers, over 150,000 stores. And then he decided about two years before um, I actually exited the company to move on to LA. We worked so well together that we said, hey, like we're eventually someday we'll work together because we just knew we just had a very, very not, we had overlapping skills and we both liked that we were both the jack of all trades, but we also had different personalities, which I think were very, uh, uh, mirrored each other very well. And so about three years after he left, he, he gives me a call and he tells me about this idea that he had in the shower. Um, <laughs> of course it was in the shower. Of course, it's all the genius ideas are in the shower. Uh, and he, he, he mentioned that he wanted to launch a product called Ball Wash. And I laughed a little bit and I giggled and I was like, wait, really? And then as he explained to me the, the, the opportunity, I was totally in. Essentially, he just noticed, like I said, his wife had all these different products for various parts of her body. And there had never been uh, a, a product um for men's below the belt before. So he hopped out of the shower, Googled ball wash and to his surprise, it's never been done. So he, you know, just did it and called me. And then we were off to the races after that. Uh, from the initial idea, I will say, then we started to really see that the initial product we started to, as we got in the market, we really started to see how big the category could be. So it wasn't necessarily like, oh, male hygiene, is a thing that's not there. We actually just went first with just a really good product idea with some in our guts knowledge of the industry, knowing that it, 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 there could be something there, but we just really went based on that first product. And then over time built out um, the brand and the, the extension of the products around what we saw was trending in the market. So yeah, that's how it all started. I don't know if I could recommend Googling ball wash and see what comes up there, but I'm sure he, he got some interesting results in addition to not finding the uh, the actual results he was looking for. Yeah, now, now when you do it, hopefully it's just littered with our name and our links everywhere. There you go, there you go. Much, yeah. much better results. Yeah. <laughs> um, very cool. So, so dig a little bit more into kind of how that research initially started. So, um, did you just dig into like the men's category as a whole? Was it just starting as this ball wash and then kind of going from there? How did, how did the kind of product development move? Um, to be honest, the, uh, this is kind of a preface to this, cause I, th I think it's important. Um, we, we're not venture backed. We've never raised any money. We're bootstrapped. So we started this whole business who now we've done, you know, multiples of millions of dollars in annual sales every year with essentially less than $5,000. Um, so at the beginning, it was a struggle to just find a manufacturer that was going to take a chance on us uh, because mostly MOQs are really high for personal care products, unless you're buying something that's just off the shelf. And we, we knew that if we were going to make something, we wanted it to be differentiated, custom formulated and built it from the ground up. And when you start getting into customized products, um, it, it, MLQs become higher. So at the beginning, we, we essentially just had enough uh, capital <laughs> to fund this ourselves, a very small amount of units. 
um, doing it bootstrapped and launched the products in December, sold out a thousand units in 48 hours, went right back to our manufacturer who, who's uh, based in Michigan and said, can we get any more? And, and luckily they're such a good partner. We're still using, uh, working with them today for all core products. They were able to make another five, another 10,000 right in December, continued to kind of snowball that. And then we had cash flow to then think about, oh, what's next? Right. So from that initial product, we actually built um, some capital and then decided how we were going to extend the brand from there. That's when we started thinking about more issues related to below the belt odor. So we launched a salad cologne to help mask odor and keep your you smelling more attractive down there. And we also launched uh, a, a neutralizing odor spray that also helps with some irritation and itch. Um, and then we kitted those together as essentially uh, what we call the sack pack. And it's the starter kit to male hygiene. Uh, a couple of the products that you could need to really help uh, just uh, daily comfort uh, and fight odor, itch, irritation, and everything like that, and sweat. And when we started to package these things and build the brand around the idea of male hygiene, uh, and really start to solidify it as a real category, that's when things started to take off. So it was a bit of launch the product, test it, see if we can even get people to be interested in it. And then if people were interested in it, how could we start to expand? We really honestly didn't do that much preliminary research. It was kind of like, you know, there's always a stroke of luck in everything and, and you should be able to uh, admit that. <laughs> so we launched Ball Wash, it was, a hit at the beginning we just thought it would be really fun and then as we started to grow and we saw people were interested in it and the questions and the comments that we were getting about other products and then we started to see the opportunity for a kind of a game-changing category with nail hygiene and it's just been growing and growing since definitely that's an awesome yeah. intro story i want to i want to put a pin in the products real quick because you said something really interesting around bootstrapping um, and about inventory management what other things in addition to those two are maybe troubling or difficult or things that new entrepreneurs or new businesses don't really know about that you kind of run into up front and you go, oh shoot, I didn't really think about this thing when I was launching launching a product, launching a brand. It's a great question. So cash flow, I think, is the biggest thing you have to worry about. Um, uh, you know, with lead times with certain products, uh, and when you're trying to hit certain um, revenue numbers throughout the year, if you can't get that product for four months but you wanna do, you know, you wanna have, let's say, go from 10,000 to a million sales an annual in that first year, you need to up front put down a ton of money to buy that inventory, but you're not gonna be able to sell it for four months. Totally. So as much as you wanna go out there and say, hey, we're gonna launch this one product and we're gonna add a bunch of new SKUs, there's, that money has to come from somewhere because it's going to take four months or three months. Luckily, we have really good relationships with some of our manufacturers. We pretty much can get things done in 60 to 90 days with most of our core products. But in general, you're talking four months at times. So you have to put all that money up front before you can even sell it. Um, um, and even then, yeah. once, you start talking, once you start talking about lead time, 60 to 90 days is pretty fast from my understanding of, of flipping a yeah. product and actually getting it back. But even then, you're yeah. talking about planning a quarter out and you're talking about planning yep. what you're doing now as we record this in April. What's this going to look like in July, you know, August, September, the second half of the year? That's kind of yeah. difficult to do for a new brand. 
Yeah, and especially if you have season seasonality spikes, you're taking big risks. We have really big holidays because we do a fantastic job, in my opinion, at marketing our products specifically for the gifting segment. Um, we do fun boxes with really punchy, kind of edgy, punny uh, branding on the front. Valentine's Day, we do I'm Nuts About You, uh, the female giving it to their boyfriend. For Christmas, we do boxes that'll say like, um, uh, keep your jewels jolly or something like that. So we sell a hand over fist, tons of those units during uh, gifting moments. And, you know, every year we're two Xing our business or more than two Xing our business since inception. And to plan that inventory, you're taking a little bit of risk. You're saying like, I believe that I can hit these sales targets and I need, if I, if I don't buy the right amount of inventory and I'm, if I buy too little inventory, I'm not going to be able to hit my sales target. So there's a lot of like inventory management and a lot of cash flow management. Um, luckily there's tons of new ways to do inventory financing and inventory loans. There's a lot of agencies out there who do this stuff now, which has helped the space a lot. And we, we've taken advantage of them at times, really low rates, really easy to set up and go. But um, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that cash flow is kind of hugely important, especially if you're a bootstrap business and you're not just sitting on VC funds. This episode is brought to you by the D2C Handbook's powerful and profitable series. Dive into eight robust playbooks from 12 industry experts, ranging in topics from building a brand community, the top analytics to track, effectively utilizing cross-sells and upsells, and more. Visit rechargepayments.com slash playbooks to download all eight chapters. So going back to product now, you, you mentioned that, uh, what, remind me the name of the starting pack again? It's called the sack pack. It includes uh, nut rub, sack spray, and ball wash. <laughs> This, if we get through this interview without uh, dying of laughter, uh, that'll be a success on, on our end. <laughs> <laughs> I've said these things so many times. I, I like, I still giggle, even though I've said them. Like, it's pretty good, and we'll get to marketing in a sec as well. Um, <laughs> cool. How how was the decision made to kind of lead with this bundle? So instead of just saying, you know, here by the one product we think that you need, yeah. how did you come up with this idea? You know, put everything in one pack, give them the starter pack. There's a gifting option for it. Um, how did that kind of yeah. set the stage for then your growth after that? Essentially, return on ad spend, AOV, increasing AOV in order to, um, you know, have a return on what our customer acquisition costs were. It's a lot easier to, it's easier to make more money on a $10 and a $40 product than a $10 single product. So right. figuring out ways to kit these things together to just have a profitable business, right? Uh, obviously, there's other things that go into that. But that is the main point. We're in, we're in the business to obviously create great customer experiences, but make money as well. Uh, the second piece of that is just convenience. If we want to give the customer a no-brainer, easiest way to figure out what to buy, uh, put it in a box, uh, give them everything they need at a reasonable price point that we know when we analyze gifting business, where about that would fall, where it's kind of like highly convertible. Uh, customers are really likely to convert. What's the price point that fits our brand? It was $45 for us. Um, so it just made sense from um, what we wanted to establish ourselves as. And we're a, a ballsy is a male hygiene product. So here's essentially the starter kit for that area of your body. So awesome. it was both profit profitability from an ad standpoint, but just a really solid, good first uh, brand impression to any customers that came to the site that they would like, oh, okay, I get it. These guys make a bunch of products for that area of a man's body. 
And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said uh, average order value and lifetime values, AOV and LTV, is that that's the lifeblood for a subscription brand. Uh, obviously, you know that. But when you start talking about bringing in you know, above the belt products and you start to expand your product line, how do you look at those in terms of average order value and lifetime value? Is it just an add-on or is that entirely new arm of the business? Yeah, so um, as you alluded to, we, we do, we, we have started venturing into uh, body care, we call it. So we have a few categories, balls, body, and head and face. Uh, and when we started to think through um, strategies for our platform extensions or product extensions, we really thought about the LTV aspect of the customers we've got in the door because we stand for this new category that's uh, a little bit novel, a little bit new, it's shiny. So they see it in a digital ad, they're going to click on that more so than just, you know, another body wash that's in this very competitive market. We're probably going to be able to always compete within that category that we are solely focused on or majority focused on, which is the balls, get them in with that. They'll trust us with a beautiful experience we've, they've had with that product. Now let's sell them the more, uh, the, the more traditional products like body wash, shampoos, face lotions, face washes, and things like that through all of our more retention marketing channels, email, SMS, retargeting ads, et cetera, et cetera, our, our physical retail stores and what have you. Um, so when we thought about these, these body products or extending the platform, it was truly to figure out ways to uh, keep repeat and retention and increase the lifetime value over time. It's definitely worth digging in a bit more on because you you said something really interesting. You, you're you'll never be able to compete with the, yeah. the shampoo brands of the world and the body wash brands of the world. There's just too many of them. If it doesn't matter how much yeah. money you're running in ads, you're just going to get outbid and outweighed. So yeah. sticking with your core product and just using everything else as kind of the add-on and the support for that, that seems like a really really good strategy that I think a lot of brands miss. Yeah. Uh, focus is key. I mean, you, you got into, you were successful for a certain reason. Um, so, you know, over time, definitely you have to extend the platform. You have to grow and you have to always be creative about ways to grow, but you have to figure out how these ways, these new strategies that you're implementing to grow actually work in the overall creation of the business. I can't just pretend I'm going to be able to put out a shampoo or a body wash and it's going to be a hit and it's going to do millions of dollars. Maybe you do view that like we did. Uh, you don't, you know, you're not ever going to, make take your shampoo is having a lion's share of your ad spend, but you're going to use that a lot in this very specific way to do a very specific thing, right? Because the core of your business is still going to be below the belt, hygiene, ball wash, sack pack, et cetera. Um, and you're right. We might not be able to, we can compete on quality. We can compete Definitely. on a good product, but from a ad spend standpoint from how much money they're putting into it, how many competitors there are. It's just going to be expensive. It's not that we couldn't make compelling ads to get people to click. It's just a uh, supply and demand of the marketplace for digital advertising. It's just that it's there's, there's the cost per clicks and everything are going to be so much higher because so many people are bidding on that same audience for the same category for the same product. Um, so yeah, it's, it was all about focusing and figuring out how to extend the platform offer our customers products that they want. We've definitely did our research and sent out surveys and really said like to validate ourselves, we are ballsy. We know we have this very specific focus around male hygiene. Um, before we did anything, we surveyed thousands of our customers and thousands of non-customers who had never bought and said like, would you buy other products outside of the balls 
from ballsy. And 95% of people said they would. And I know survey data is strange at times, but it's a good enough signal for us to utilize that signal amongst a few others and say, okay, how are we going to launch this next iteration of the the ballsy body section and what products are we going to launch and how are we going to really market them? And we've been seeing success with that. Actually, our, our body products do extremely well comparably on uh, subscribers adding on uh, adding on our body products. So like the conversion of a subscriber to a new body product, they're like, I don't know the exact multiple, but ex exponentially more likely to subscribe to a body product uh, from us. Um, and they, those products do very well on subscription versus just one time buy. So it seems like focus is, is a big theme with a small team, with a growing team, with a lot on your mind, how do you maintain focus to really knock the goals out of the park that are right in front of you and not really worry about too much that's, that's moving around. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So let's get into uh, one of the maybe more comical parts of this business, which is your marketing. <laughs> how how yeah. did that start? It was, is, is it just luck of the draw with the name of the company's ballsy? How do you get to the marketing? Where does that come from? So in general, the brand started uh, as, because we just looked at the space of personal care at the time. And uh, though we knew that we were gonna focus on a very specific area, uh, we knew that men's brands in general up until that time, they're all kind of like very sophisticated or speaking very to like the, like more like well-to-do, more modern, customer, there wasn't kind of this everyday kind of direct uh, language that was being used at the time. So we just knew that we wanted a brand that wasn't that felt approachable, but fun at the same time. And the fun came into the in, into the play when we knew that we were going to be speaking about male hygiene issues, sweat, odor, irritation below the belt. And we wanted to make sure that people wanted to engage and we were going to be very upfront about it. Um, so we knew that when we were going to be creating content and marketing, we wanted to bring people in on the conversation then try to make this like a hush hush thing, like something you didn't want people to know. So right. that's why all the products are pretty much in your face. They say exactly what they are. They're very direct. And we use a lot of fun language in all our ads and you see this manifest itself in the digital space to wives tagging their husbands, girlfriends, tagging their, uh, boyfriends, friends, tagging their buddies everybody like gets a laugh, but then they start to talk about it and they're like, wow, this is actually useful. It's fun. And it's kind of, um, and destigmatizing this sensitive subject in a way. And that's why we wanted to leave with, with a little bit more playful brand, not creating a, the packaging where it was like subdued and it didn't say what it was. Um, that's one strategy you could have taken. We just decided to be ballsy, right? It's within the common nomenclature. What ballsy means is to be a little bit more bold and daring. Uh, and you know, it just so happens to go very well with what we do, the balls. So these things kind of all came together intentionally over time. Um, and yeah, there are so many puns in here. I don't even, I can't even start to yeah, it's, dig into them. It's, it's incredible. That's the <laughs> most fun part of the job is just, uh, the wordplay. <laughs> so, so it sounds like the marketing is, is kind of just the hook, you know, a lot of people's marketing is the products. Like if you can't market yeah. the product well, then, you know, that's a huge issue. But when you have a quality product that stands for itself, that represents something where the, the market really doesn't exist, you're kind of creating this category. 
the marketing is just the hook to get you in initially. And then you start to do the education piece. People start to understand like, oh, wow, this, this is a real thing. This isn't just, you know, a funny thing that I saw scrolling through Instagram that one time. Yeah. Yeah. And we pride ourselves on that. Like some of our reviews that we have on our website, they'll be like, I thought this was so fun. I wanted to get it for my husband. Now he's like, doesn't use any other products. The quality is great. The fragrances you guys are use are spot on. They're not, they're not overly sophisticated or not there, or they're not too adolescent where they smell like uh, Axe body wash or like a locker room in high school. <laughs> they're like finely tuned in. Uh, the woman who actually buy for the men, which funny enough, around 60% of our customers are women buying it for their significant others. Because That's so it's about, interesting. Yeah, about 45%, about 45% of women that we surveyed uh, and we have some other survey data stated that they were the ones buying these categories for their men in the homes and their teenage boys. So the women were making these decisions. So we figured out really good ways to leverage our language and our copy and our content to bring the women into these conversations as well. You see ballsy and you're like, oh, that's such a bro man, masculine brand. Like that's all for guys. But sometimes you forget like just because that's who we're speaking to directly, there's other people who might be making these purchase decisions and it was women. Um, so we, we, we play a, a, around a lot with the, the female advertising and branding piece as well. Did you look to other brands as inspiration for some of your marketing? Like I think uh, like Dollar Shave Club kind of comes to mind where it's, it's entertaining and it's loose yeah. and it's kind of fun, but it's not necessarily like the brand, you know, you still have to, to actually provide a quality product. Yeah, um, we definitely have known, you know, everybody knows the Dollar Shave video from a long time ago. And uh, it's been brought up many times uh, in regards to just how brands started to use humor a lot and yep. kind of like take themselves less seriously in some ads, even though they have a serious product. So we definitely took some notes from that and just maybe not directly, but just being in the market and knowing the consumer space um, through osmosis <laughs> probably definitely influence a lot of the brand to be honest for a long time when we were starting this there was this um ball there was this diesel campaign from like 10 years ago called uh be stupid and uh, we really got a lot of inspiration from that campaign which is a fashion brand but it can come right. from anywhere uh it was just about doing things a little bit different and how like not being like kind of be yourself don't be normal don't be afraid to go out there and be bold and be daring and be a little bit quirky and weird and they kind of like use the words stupid in this way where we kind of think about ballsy in a similar way. It's like, be yourself. That's the most ballsy thing you can do. Um, so a lot of just like font choices and messaging and color pop colors and how we do some of our ads, um, pulls a little bit from that to get specific about some certain campaigns. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. No, yeah. I think that that definitely resonates. It's really cool to see brands kind of take inspiration from other things and kind of weave it all into their own marketing. Yeah. Um, on the note of you saying that, uh, you know, kind of be yourself and kind of understand who you are using your marketing campaigns. Um, I know you partner with Movember. Um, talk a little bit yep. about kind of what you do to, to kind of on, on the, the legitimate side of this. You know, there's a lot of funny and punny aspects, yeah. of it, but um, how does how does this kind of play into to the actual like men's health section? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, point blank period. We actually do care about balls, <laughs> so we can't just be a, a, a brand who um, talks a big game about being ballsy and, and, and doesn't think about this, uh, from a few different angles. So we launched a charity ball wash, a charity wash. It's called give a sack. Uh, essentially we launched a new, um, fragrance to one of our, our, uh, core products, the 16 ounce ball wash, put a label on it, 
the, we worked with some local artists to design us a label and on the back of the label, it shows men, uh, it shows how men can check themselves for testicular cancer in the shower. Uh, and we partnered with Movember to give a, a portion of all the proceeds profits back to their organization, which, uh, helps research for male health, um, health issues like testicular cancer. So we have that product up on our website all the time. Now it started off as just an April, uh, testicular cancer awareness month product. And when we've continued it, it because it does very well. Uh, and you know, if, if we can better our business and better, uh, men's health and the organizations that support that, then why not keep it around all the time? So yeah, we're continuously running that product, um, which is, was such a fun project for us to do with November. Very cool. I have a, a very close friend who caught uh, testicular cancer really early and was able to, to make sure that got taken care of. So, uh, it's a cause that's close to me and I appreciate you guys doing your work for it. Well, that's awesome to hear. I'm sorry. Sorry to hear that, but I'm glad he's okay. Definitely. Um, moving on to some closing questions. I know that you have tons of experience in the subscription world. You guys have been on recharge for almost since the beginning. Um, yep. what would be a piece of advice you would give to a growing brand? Someone who's trying to get off the ground, someone in, in your stages a couple of years ago. Um, in terms of the subscription aspect of the business itself, or just how do you, uh, just an early brand that's growing? What are, what's something to, to be in, in, or keep in your mind? Yeah. Uh, this sounds very general, but I'd put as much effort as you can in actually creating a product that has real value and has real potential and focus all you can on making that product like really speak to the customer's needs, obviously PPP product price promotion, all that stuff, but just like make a product that has value in the world. Um, because if you don't like, it's not, it's not cheap to advertise anymore and you might not be profitable on your first acquisition. And if people don't your customer acquisition costs. So if you don't resell the products over and over and over again, you're not going to really have a business. So really do your due diligence and making the best product you can and find and figure out the exact market that needs and wants this product. Uh, because it does, none of those metrics matter unless the product really fits a need. <laughs> um, spend all sorts of money on advertising and marketing, whatever yeah. it is, but if the product sucks, ultimately yeah. people aren't going to buy it. And everybody can make a product now. This is not okay. like, this is, this is no longer special. And this is, and I'm super happy about this. I don't mean to say this in a negative way. I'm not discrediting any great businesses out there, but it should be empowering in a way. Like everybody can figure out how to launch a product and bring it to market. Now it's very yeah. simple. It's not complicated, but what that does, and I'm glad that it's giving more opportunities, but what that does is makes an extremely competitive landscape. So how are you going to differentiate yourself amongst all these other brands, thousands of them that launch every day that are bidding against your same customers? Cause it's easy to advertise. It's easy to be on social. It's easy to get products to market and make things. So like, what is your true, true difference in your product? And then when it comes to marketing, be as simple as possible about that. Like why exactly why did you guys spend all the money to create this thing in the time? What, what is it about this thing that, uh, it is special? Why, why should they pay attention? 
80% of the other things that you list in your marketing, nobody's going to really pay attention to. It's that one or two things that make your product really special. You don't need to list out everything, just the very core um, uh, value proposition that you have with your product. And uh, if you do that, then you probably got a good shot. Then it's just, um, you know, fine tuning and kind of uh, building, improving over time, little by little. And I can't tell you how important that last marketing comment was so many brands now, especially because you, you scroll through Instagram quick, you're rolling through Facebook, Twitter, whatever it ends up being, but so many brands take marketing out of context and they're not talking about what the product is. They're talking about the problem and they're talking about a roundabout way to get you to click on something else. Like be straightforward, be yeah. simple, be catchy. That's definitely helps, but you got to talk about the problem yeah. and the solution right away. Otherwise people get lost. Yeah. A hundred percent. Last question for you. What subscription products do you subscribe to? Great question. Uh, <laughs> I subscribe to currently I've subscribed to a lot. I haven't stayed around on most of them. Rattle them off. Let's go. <laughs> um, so, uh, I was on C I'm still on uh, seed probiotic prebiotic uh, I do a wine subscription through Primal Wines. Uh, it's like an organic wine subscription box. Uh, Liquid Death. I'm on Liquid Death. <laughs> um, what else am I on? Uh, obviously, Ballsy. <laughs> of course. Um, I think that's it for now. Yeah. That's a pretty solid group. Yeah, yeah. Water. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, supplements. Oh yeah, supplements. I have a I have a protein powder that I that I'm subscribed to as well. There you go. Nice and well rounded. <laughs> yeah, I think those are all consumables too. So yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Brock, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. We want to thank Brock once again for joining us. If you're interested in Ballsy, you can head over to ballwash.com. If you're looking for more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe. And to get the latest episodes, remember to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from.